We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. You like the North Shore up in top of Auckland? We like that place as well. They feel like family. Equipus feels like family. New Zealand feels like family, let's be honest. We came back here in uh, 2012 for the, first, uh, for the first time with LZ7, and um, we fell in love with it. We fell in love with your young people. We fell in love with your church. We fell in love with what Jesus is doing in your nation, and that's why we come back. But here's the thing. You guys kick-started a spark in us guys to take it back to the UK. Now, we're taking it back, and we're not doing it bigger or better. We're just doing it different, because it's different in the UK because there's 70 million people. There's a lot of people in one place. So how do we get above the noise? Well, we've got to do focused inner city schools weeks. With the Revolution Tour, we can go from town to city to town to city to town to city. In, in England, we've got to do focused city-wide tours. So we're spending 5, 10, 20 days in each city and then putting on a gig in their, in their local places. But check this. I walked into London to set up this, uh, this youth hub of 30 youth workers. And it was just the initial conversation to say, hey, we'd love to bring this. And it's called Illuminate. We'd love to bring it into, into, into London. Would you be up for it? Everyone's like, yeah, game on. I get this text from the head of Integrity Music. He says, Linz, just pop across to the Rembrandt. I'd love to talk. I'd love to introduce you to a friend. I walk in. There's a guy sat there, right? Check this. He's got a massive quiff, like tan skin, big collar, Rolex, dripping money. And he stands up and he's got a proper northern accent. He goes, all right, Linz, mate. I love what you do. In fact, he didn't just say, drop the F-bomb. He was like, I love what you do. And I was like, whoa. Like, I just come out of church, bro. What's going on? He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I own the, the UK's largest nightclub network and I'd like to give you the venues for free. And I was, I went, what? And I sat down and he was like, yeah, Matt, I want to give you the venues for free. Anything from a thousand seater to two and a half thousand seater. We can have them for nothing. So my brain starts thinking, Mr. Entrepreneur ADHD goes, bro, can I have them on a Sunday as well? Yeah, fam, yeah, you can. I said, you'll open it up, you'll get the doorman and the bar staff and all the, you know, serving Diet Cokes and stuff. He said, yeah, bro. And I said, oh, well, we're going to church plant back into the club on a Sunday. So we started our first one in Stoke-on-Trent this year. We had 800 kids turn up. We had 750 respond to the gospel for the first time. In a club. They now have a monthly event running in their nightclub for free. The, the managers were blown sideways that Christians could put someone on so pro so game on for what they were up to with such a great atmosphere that they were literally like, yo, any time you want to come back, come back for nothing. I went down to the head, the head thing in Birmingham, which is where the, the, they've got a flagship club. I walk in, I look at the guy and he's a secret millionaire. I remember him from TV. I told him one story that I'm going to tell you in just a second. He's literally like, I, I, I don't know whether I'm going to cry or not. He said, you can have whatever, whatever you like, anytime. These clubs are where every single young person wants to be on a Friday night. If we put it on in a club, it's under 18 and it's drug-free, alcohol-free, positive message, the police get involved. Street pastors on the streets get involved. Drink Aware gets involved. The local church partners together to pick up all the discipleship with the kids. After that week in Stoke, we gave out a discipleship resource that's called the AAA Pass. I'm only giving you an update. I'm going to get to a talk in a minute. Is that cool? I'm just passionate about this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, so it's a AAA pass, access all areas. Basically, it goes on every single kid's neck when they walk out of the building. It's an online discipleship resource. So as soon as they, as soon as they prayed that prayer to put Jesus in the driving seat, they are linked directly to church. They're linked directly to how they become a Christian and how they actually follow on from that decision they've made on their phone. So it's, they, they fill a response form in, hand it back in, then they get their AAA pass. We've, we've learned a lesson. If we give them a Bible, they're going to go and roll it up and smoke it. You understand what I'm saying? That's what happens. There's tobacco all over the floor outside. 
I was like, give them the one thing and then set up the course in school. So the discipleship starts in the schools. We have an amazing opportunity in the UK where I can still speak Jesus in schools. The door's open. I'm allowed to say, I'm a Christian. This is what I stand for. I'm allowed to say, you have a hope. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross in your place. I'm allowed to go that far. In some schools, I'm allowed to do an altar call. In a Catholic school, I did an altar call to 400 kids, and guess what? 400 kids responded. They're like, yeah. But the thing is, we can gauge where they're at. So we see all the Google insights. We see where the, the peaks of where they're at and where every single individual person is on the AAA pass. We can follow them up. The local youth worker, Matt, you could email him. Say, yo, come down. We've got, there was a seven player. We've got blah, 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 going on. The little church plants we're going to call are called Legacy. Leaving a legacy with these towns. A legacy with these cities. Um, that was a nightclub. That's exactly what it looks like. It's dirty. It's rotten. Your feet stick to the floor. I love it. Because I think that when we're told, to, when we're told to, to come to Jesus, come to know Jesus, then we're sent to make disciples of all nations. So we come in on a Sunday and we, and we get rejuvenated. It's like the halftime show. It's like when, uh, trying to think of you, you know Manchester United. Remember Alex Ferguson, the manager, or the guy now, the, the idiot that's now? Anyway, he gets all the team in and he gives them a right um, telling off and a right talking to and then he sends them out, doesn't he? He sends them out to the pits for the second half. That's what I feel like Sunday's like. You come in, you worship. You get fed, you, you listen to some good stuff, you get encouraged and you're sent out to make disciples of all nations. See, the difficult thing sometimes is with, with, with churches, um, even church leaders will come and say, but we want to do it in the church. And I'm like, I get it. But a kid walks in the church, it's like a fish out of water. Like, honestly, I'm stood there talking to 120 year 10s the other day and I, they, one guy goes, yo, bro, this is sick. Where'd you get your confidence from, fam? I said, confidence, right? It's two words, con and fidence. It means with faith. I said, I get it because of my faith. I told you I'm a Christian, right? I said, it's because of my faith that I can stand in front of you guys. I was never a public speaker at all. I'd probably run as far as I could from speaking to you guys. And these were guys that were going to get excluded. I then said to him, yo, you heard of David and Goliath, right? You know the little man that beats the big guy and he gets the, he gets the stones out and he pings one at the head. Blank. South London this was. I said it again. I was like, yo, you know, you know, you know the guy who's heard of David and Goliath? Just blank. I turned around to my, to my DJ and I was like, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I said, just put your hand up if you've ever heard the story of David and Goliath. Not one hand went up. I got animated. I was like, yo, there's this little guy and he gets five stones and someone's picking on him. Who's ever been picked on before in their life? Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying, right? He gets five stones, he picks one up, puts it in the sling, bing. It's like someone out of ISIS because they're all into that stuff. He gets, as he smacks him in the forehead, cuts his head off, sticks it up in the air. But he had five stones because Goliath had four brothers. Who knows that when he beat one giant, there's always going to be another one coming around the corner. These kids are like, that's sick, bruv. Tell me another one. I looked at him and I just went, he goes, you're going to have to start telling Bible stories, bro. We're, back, we're right back to the beginning because kids aren't, just aren't going into Sunday school. They're not, they're not being taken by their parents. It's a knock-on generational thing. But I know that John 10.10, just like Pastor Matthew just said, John 10.10 says, Satan comes to steal and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and life to the fullest. Now, they isn't us because I'm part of the team. They's not, they's not you guys at the moment because you're part of the team. It's them. They may have life to the fullest. They just don't know it yet. They've just not been told. I was, uh, I was preparing for this... Um, and uh, I realised Jimmy earlier just uh, really took the mick out of my glasses because he said, why are you wearing granddad glasses? That's a Manchester accent. I can't do a Kiwi one. He says, why are you wearing granddad glasses? They're Justin Bieber glasses. Shush. <laughs> Punk. I, I think he looks like Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> I've been saving that all afternoon. 
So you're a good guy, Jimmy. Thanks for coming. He's the first kid that came and said hello to us today. I love that. But in the Bible, Mark 8, 34. If you've got your Bible, just, just whip it open. It's real quick. I've got mine, but I'm going to do it on my phone as well. Mark 8, 34 says this. And um, it's something that I was preparing for you guys. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet fulfill their, uh, forfeit their soul? Just literally looking at that, and, and, and I thought about a title for today was the, the cross versus the crown. So the crown in life, the crown, I don't know whether you've been through this. I know that I have, and I know that I'm preaching to myself. So every time I talk, whenever, whenever I get the opportunity to preach, I'm in, inside, I'm going, amen, because that's me, right? You understand what I'm saying? I'm preaching to me. The crown is me. It's in me. I, self, everything. Selfie generation. Take a photo. Choice. I have so, Not choice as in New Zealand choice. I mean choice as in choice. We have choices. <laughs> I, think, I think Shireen's reliving the word choice because I keep seeing her say it. And I remember it from like way back in the day when all your TV programs infiltrated the UK and everyone was like, choice, bro. That was Aussie. That was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. She's brought it back. But choice like, you see people with, with like mental health disabilities and mental health issues that are going on at the moment. The mental health is caused because we've got too much choice. So much stuff is being thrown at young people where you've got to look like this. You've got to dress that way. The choice is do it or don't. If you don't, you're ostracized. If you do, ostracized means left out. If you do, you're with us. I went to Haiti and I visited this one kid that I sponsor. And uh, he's five. He gets one sachet of water a day and a bowl of rice. He has no choices, but he's the happiest kid because Jesus loves him. He is the happiest kid. He jumps up and down. His name's Wilkins. Like, I first met him. He took a dive into the swimming pool and took a massive breath because he did not know you could not breathe underwater. That's how happy this kid is. He dived anyway and came out like, what the hell? In French and stuff. Like, what was that? What was that? And I was like, you can't breathe underwater, bro. He's like, I don't care. I'm so happy. Because it's not about the selfie eye generation with those guys. With us, how many likes do we get? How many, if I, if I take a selfie on Instagram, how many people like my thing? How many people give me a good comment or how many people actually comment? Do I, do I live for those likes? Do I live for what's going on, particularly young people when you're growing up now? Are you bothered about what people say all the time? Are you on social media more than you're with your Bible? That's my challenge. Dang, that's my challenge. Because it's my job to do that stuff, to reach young people, to use social media. And I find myself looking at Facebook more or to Instagram more than I do my Bible and I kick my own butt. So I want to kick your butt as well and maybe there's a line in the sand moment where you put down a crown and say you know what that crown is down I'm going to take up my cross deny myself and follow Jesus who knows that the cross is heavy anybody know that who knows that the cross probably had splinters sticking out of it who knows that those splinters probably stuck in Jesus's back you see denying yourself is flipping hard saying no to self-life saying no to the crown saying no to putting the crown on the head and actually picking up the cross is probably the hardest thing we'll ever do the most rewarding, but definitely the hardest. I was reading this, and, uh, and uh, I was reading that Mark 8, 34. Did I throw my glasses down there, or did I put them down? Can't throw them down there, they get smashed. I won't be able to see a thing. I was, uh, I was looking at this, the biggest challenge for me, learning this lesson for myself. You know when God wants to speak to you, but you're so caught up in your own issues that sometimes it clouds God ever coming through because you've got all this stuff going on, that choice and, and everything else. But I realised this, my submission to God needs to be bigger than my ambition. 
my submission to getting on my knees with Jesus has got to be bigger than my ambition to do anything in life. Because when God looks at us at the, at the, at the gates and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. He doesn't say, well done, my financial servant. He doesn't say, well done, my nice car driver. He doesn't say, well done, my nice house owner. He doesn't say, well done for moving to a nice location. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the faithful bit is picking up the cross, denying yourself and following him. That's the difficult bit. If my my obedience, the potential of your ability can't compare to the potential of your obedience... If I use everything that we've got with LZ7, but I'm not obedient to what? I'm like a clanging gong and a loud cymbal that makes no noise. If we don't use this to create a platform to tell young people about Jesus, if you don't use your life, whatever it is that's in your life, to create a, a platform and without love, and you know all that verse in, in Corinthians, without love you're just a clanging gong or a cymbal, but also without taking up your cross and submitting to Jesus. Following him is the difficult road, it's the hardest road, it's the hardest decision you'll ever make. Here's the thing. I was watching um, the All Blacks, like about five minutes of it. Um, I went to see uh, uh, Bowler. Do you know Bowler, PFAC? The guy up, at, um, up in uh, Auckland? He's a dude, man. I went to watch a rap battle last night with him. And I'm stood in there, and I've got to be honest, I was the only white guy in the place. So my cat was down and my glasses were on. I was like, yo, this is heavy. This could kick off. But I listened to this guy, in the world, not of it. Everybody on the stage was dropping bombs like every two seconds. Proper disses, C words, F words, all kinds of stuff. He gets up and fair play, he took the, he took the guy apart. Like he fully mullered him. Like honestly, he tore him down. But he didn't use one F-bomb. He didn't drop any syllables, didn't drop anything that he, anyone could pin anything on him because he was in the world, not of it. And guess what? He won. Because he's amazing at what he did. Because he's being obedient with his ability. He's taken up his cross. It's hard getting up in front of those guys. All the guys that were with the, uh, with the champ were shouting, who is this guy? Where'd he come from? And I was like, church. <laughs> Me and Shaki were there. And everyone else was like, church. Mercury there. And I was just, I was blown away by the, by the ability of him. But he made his ability obedient to God. So he submitted so that he could then reach his ambition. He stepped up, even though he might have been scared, he did it afraid. And I loved that about him. But check this, the All Blacks yesterday in the ruck, they're in the scrum. I go on this, um, this, this weekend away for blokes and I speak on it about being a dad and stuff. And um, what they do is they get 200 men, they have 100 men opposite each other and they, they set them up for a ruck, a little bit like what the All Blacks were doing last night with Australia. Well done for winning, by the way. Everybody's a secret All Black fan outside of New Zealand. Do you know that? I'm a secret, everyone is. They all like the All Blacks, right? Check this. These hundred men are up against each other and they go, three, two, one, bam, and they attack each other. Now, there's absolute carnage. Everyone's flying all over the place. There's not bones broken, but you're supposed to throw them outside of a square. Just like with the All Blacks, right? This is what they do afterwards. When, when, when When they get as low as they can, they say, three, two, one, kneel. And you see these 200 blokes kneel on the floor because our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities. And then these 200 blokes pray for the nation. You see, the lower you are, the more leverage you have to beat the enemy that's coming in front of you. The lower your centre of gravity. We were talking about squatting earlier. I did some squats yesterday and I pulled my inside here. But I was talking to Josh about it. I pulled that there. And I was like, oh, why is my leg hurting? But the lower I am, there, that's the most power that's going to come out. The lower I am here, the lower my centre of gravity, the lower I go, the more I submit, the more I take on obedience and humility, the stronger I am. 
against that enemy. The stronger I am to push harder, to run faster, to overcome those things that the devil tries to chuck at me, to overcome the stuff in life. Because the lower I go, the more I submit to what Jesus has got for my life, the more I'm obedient, the stronger I am when I come out of the blocks. Those guys were on their knees and I watched them and everyone, there was a, like a sigh of, oh, at first. But then they realised and they started to pray for our nation. They started to pray for our prime minister. They started to pray for Brexit and all kinds of immigration and ISIS and Islam and realising that our, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities and powers. You see, when you submit, you become an overcomer. When you drop down the crown and you get your centre of gravity low enough to be able to go, the lower you go, the faster and stronger you are. I think when my submission is better than my ambition, we see so much fruit come out of, of what we do. But here's the lesson I had. Like, it was a sharp lesson as well. Last year, we, got a, we, we took on an agent. And we do lots of mainstream stuff, so we pitch to mainstream guys. And our songs go on Radio 1 Extra, which is a big kind of DJ network, urban music outlet. And our stuff gets played on. It even got played on Gadio. Can you imagine that? It was, it was amazing. Because um, they need reaching as well, you know what I'm saying? And someone's got to go and do it, so why not put our songs on it? So uh, we got played on, on all this stuff, and um, someone was, uh, was, was saying, hey, you should get an agent to pitch you for tours. So I said to this, I phoned this guy up, and I said, um, I said Have you, uh, we'd love to, to pitch. And he goes, are you LZ7? I said, yeah. And he goes, no way, you came in my daughter's school. Your face is on my wall. I'd love to help LZ7. I'll do anything for you guys. I think you guys are amazing. He transformed a life. I obviously didn't, he, he didn't know at the time that it was a Christian stuff. He just saw a difference in his girl. He pitched us for Justin Bieber's tour. And we got down right to the week before where we were set to go. It was like a tsunami set up of, of logistics. You can imagine the flights, the booking, flying out the families, the, the sound checks, the, the uh, hotels, the, the travel. I'd raise the money because it's a buy-on and then we get the money back through merchandise. And just all of that stuff was ready to go. And literally seven days before we're going to go on tour, bam, email comes through. We decided to drop there because we're going to take a management band, like another one of their management team on tour. Here, self. I was like, yeah, we made it. Come on. This is it. Obviously, 90% of me is going, we're going to go and win kids for the gospel. I wasn't allowed to do it on the Bieber tour. But anyway, I was like, yes, this is it. Come on. We can show the world that this is real, that we can take Jesus to the carpet goes from underneath me. Like a test of humility like you wouldn't believe for me. When we let it go to our head and we, and, we, and we think we think it's all about us when it's S-I-N. It becomes about us and it's not about Jesus. For me, I think that was probably the biggest test of my life where I just went, oh man, I need to get low. I need to submit. I need to let my submission be bigger than my ambition. I need to get down. I need to work hard. I need to train hard. I need to get better. I need to get faster. I need to get stronger. How do I do that? Getting in the words. Less selfie. Less crown. More cross. More cross on my back where I say, you know what, Jesus, it's about you. The joy of my salvation. I love it when we go to school and you see some kids are screw face at us from the start. Like, they end having a bar of it. And by the end of it, they're like, yeah, because it's joy carrying. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Happiness. Let's lift these kids up. Let's let them know they don't have to give up. On Thursday, there was a girl in uh, Rotorua. And she came up afterwards, she had pink hair. And she was just in bits crying. I was chatting to her with Larry, um, Reese's older sister. Reese, oh, oh, what's his name? O'Gorman, older sister. And we stood there talking to her. And she says, um, the stuff that you've done today is so, is so for me because um, I was going to kill myself tonight. I was like, whoa. And she just told me in school. 
I looked at the teacher and I said, look, do you mind if I speak some good words over this girl? She said, yeah. So we just spoke good words, good words over and just said some, some good stuff. She came down on Friday night to Rotorua in your country and gave her life to Jesus. <laughs> Completely transformed. She said, my life, past is done and my future is yet to come. Now, that, uh, that's not us. That's just because we've travelled and we want to be with you guys and we want to serve your country and build kingdom in your country. And we want to get lower so that we're faster and stronger and better for the kingdom. But you see, there's, there's the challenge. It's a difficult thing to do, to pick up your cross. For some of you guys in here, it might be the time where you're like, oh man, I've had such a bad week. I feel buried underneath this stuff at the moment. For some of you, it might be there's stuff, the habits that are going on in your life that we need to say bye to. We need to put the crown down. Maybe there's some of you just saying, you know what? Perhaps I'm just going to get in my Bible more than my social media. Perhaps I'm going to actually think about winning some friends through, maybe through social media, maybe through just taking them out for a coffee, maybe face-to-face stuff. Or maybe there's something that's going on in your life and you know you need to make your past done and your future yet to come. I'm just going to invite Shaki to the stage and Andrew as well. So Shaki... Um, has an amazing ability to, to break stereotypes with stuff that he does. And he's in the world, a bit like Bowler. Just get him to share one of his spoken words real quick. I have been set free. Free to be the king that I've always been set free. Free to see the things that I've always seen set free. Free to be who I was made to be. Truly, I've been set free. They tried to derail my plans. Tried to blind me from seeing the truth. The truth that is who I am. They tried to sell me a cheap lie and I bought it. Made me clothes of shame and depression and I wore it. They tried to bury me in the ground. They thought I would disappear without a sound. They tried to bury me in the ground. They hoped I would forget I was given a crown, but what they didn't bank on was like a seed. The more dirt they buried me under, the more nutrients I received. What they didn't bank on was the deeper they dug me, the more that I would believe if I ever managed to make it back out, then I must truly be a king. Now let them watch as I rise out of this pit they dug for me. Let them watch as my leaves grow stronger than they can ever be. Let them watch as my plants bear fruits unbearable to thee. Because what they didn't perceive is by them attempting to bury me, they truly set me free. So here's the thing. Um, when, uh, when Jonah got sucked into the belly of a whale of a fish, just picture it, he sat in the belly of the whale and he's there for three days, just sat down. Life had thrown him a proper curveball. He sat there with fish guts all over him. He sat there because he ran from Jesus. He'd gone for the crown instead of the cross. He'd said no to the cross and gone, you know what, I'm going my way. I'm too scared. Sometimes fear can overcome us. False evidence appearing real. He sat. Stinks. Stinky time. But at that moment, God spoke to Jonah. In the middle of the mess, in the middle of the quiet, in the middle of the fish guts, he spoke to Jonah and said, come follow me, go back to Nineveh. Come let down your crown, take up your cross. Come put down the self, put down the eye, put down the the stuff that's been causing you issues and take up your cross and follow me. And maybe, just maybe, just in this little whisper, just as Andrew's playing, this is you, this is your moment. It's been a tough week. 
It's been a tough year. It's been a tough life, maybe. And you're sat and you feel like you're in fish guts. And it's stinking and you're not enjoying it. Maybe this is the time just to listen to God's quiet whisper. When he says, I love you. I think you're worth something. I sent Jesus to die on the cross so you don't have to go through it. It comes in threes. Three days later, Jonah got spat out of the whale. On the third day, Jesus said, it, no, sorry, on the third day, Jesus rose again, but the three words were, it is finished. When Jesus turned water into wine, he saved the best till last. And just maybe that's you right here, right now. When Elijah was running from Jesus, he, he, he was hiding, he was running from God, he was hiding in a cave. And sometimes we go back into a cave and we disappear and we think we're safe. And he came out on the mountain and God sent an earth, a wind and a fire, an earthquake, a wind and a fire. And Elijah's there going, where are you, God? In all the noise, where, where are you? He steps out the final time and he realised that once it had gone calm, that God was close enough to whisper. Maybe God's whispering to you today. Maybe he's letting you know Put down your crown. Take up your cross. Come follow me. Get your centre of gravity low. Get your submission low. Let humility be the calibration that you work your life from. Come and obey me. Let your submission be bigger than your ambition. I'll give you that ambition. I'll give you the desires of your heart when you delight with me. That doesn't mean he gives you everything you want. It means that he gives you the desire to go and be a world changer. To be a, go and be a game changer. To go and win your friends. To win your family. He gives you the desire to overcome all the stuff that's been thrown at you in life. All the fish guts. All the stuff that's been thrown at you through the curveballs and it's leaving you hanging upside down. This is the time where God whispers, it is finished. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.